Right, everyone, welcome to episode three of the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. As always, I'm Tom Roberts, sitting in front of my computer screen with my headset on in my man cave all alone, talking to no one. But as it seems, I'm not talking to no one. With over 200 downloads of my first two shows, I cannot believe it. Thank you all very much. Uh, you're all very, very welcome uh, in my. Um, gratitude i wouldn't say heart because like yeah not many people are allowed into that one but uh yeah uh this week on the show we have dan silk of red b that's right we have uh interview one with him and next week we have interview two and we have the announcement of a pretty cool competition that we're running right here with red b right here on the full metal lockdown podcast uh, we are going to talk about uh, some signed merch. I have a fair bit. I want to know if you have a fair bit, shoot me an email. Uh, Starlight Week, uh, I, I've chosen my album of the week, and I have the return of celebrity RIPs that I give a fuck about. Yep, I haven't got a complaint about that one, so I'm going to keep doing it till I get a complaint. But in my defense, it's who I like, not who you like, so I don't give a shit. Uh, we're going to talk about some TV series, some movies. Uh, we're going to have the interview air. We're going to talk about heaps of different shit, like I said, on my Facebook. Or well, not my Facebook, the podcast Facebook. Facebook.com slash Full Metal Lockdown. Follow it, like it. Do whatever you do. Follow me on Twitter at Tom underscore Roberts 1989. I will talk to you back. I'll tweet you back. I'll do whatever except I have sex with your mum. Alrighty, so let's kick off the show. Hi, I'm Dan Silk from Red Bull. Thanks for hitting download on this week's podcast. Thanks for hitting subscribe if you got it from iTunes. I'd like to thank everybody. As I said in the intro, we've got over 200 downloads for the first two episodes, and we're going to try and make it over 300 for the first three. I want it's increased. The number has increased, so it's not just the same 100 that downloaded the first episode. It's roughly 260, so an extra 60 downloaded it. Uh, hopefully, that number increases even further. Well, not hopefully, I'm ecstatic that I've got that many people listening to it. I'll be ecstatic if even one person listened to this podcast. So thank you all very much. Uh, if you have any questions you want answered by me uh, in regards to anything metal, in regards to the people I talk to, upcoming interviews, if you have a question that you want asked by anybody in an upcoming interview, although I don't release who is going to be on uh, future shows, but I can say I'm booked out till episode 12, 
which means I'm booked out for the first season. And the final episodes, two episodes, final two episodes are going to be awesome. I can just say that, uh, here's a hint. They're conquering the world and they've already conquered Australia. As far as metal goes, anyway. But, uh, yeah, hit me up on my email address, fullmetallockdown at gmail.com. Uh, that'll go to our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown and hit us up on the inbox and I'll answer you back or tweet me at Tom Roberts at Tom underscore Roberts 1989 and I'll tweet you back. I hate that word tweet. Sounds like fucking stupid. Anyway, uh, let's start in our first subject. Uh, this week is Starlight Week. Yeah, Starlight Week is very close to me for personal reasons that I don't want to bring up at the moment. Uh, it is very, very close to me and my family, and we support this very, very close. Uh, you can donate at EB Games, uh, at least you can on my local one. I don't know if it's... N- I, I'm I'm 99.9% sure it's nationally rolled out. But they have awesome prizes. You donate $5, you get a scratchy. And you scratch it. And you can win like an Xbox One, which is shit. PS4, which is awesome. A smart 3D TV. You can win a five-day holiday to to uh, Bris Vegas or Gold Coast or whatever it is. Uh, although they don't include flights. There's a couch there. And then I have like eight different holidays. The best one is a two-year supply of Domino's Pizza. That's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, go down to your local EB Games. $5 gets you a scratchy and your name on a star stuck up around their store. Uh, and it's a really good cause. Like I said, uh, it's very close to me and my family. And I... Yeah, I don't want to go into it right now, but it's a really good cause because they help bring smiles to the faces of critically ill children and seriously ill children that uh, otherwise wouldn't have that, pretty much. And uh, I, I'm a bit of a, for the people close to me, I'm a bit of a cold prick. And a lot of people would say that, but a lot of people would also say when it comes to things like this, I'm very open about how I feel about them, and I'm very uh, giving and generous when it comes to these things. I barely have a dollar to my name, but yet I pulled $20 out of my uh, my partner and I, my fiancé and I. We pulled $20 out of our billing account and our savings account and donated it, even though we couldn't afford to, and we did it anyway. Uh, so yeah, please go down to your local EB Games, hit up the uh, donation bucket uh, uh, for the Starlight Week and help raise a lot of money because they have a lot of kids on their waiting list to get their wishes. It, yeah. Anyway. I might sound a little bit tired this week. Uh, that's because I've had an extraordinarily amount of lack, I should say, shit, it's showing through, I've had a lack of sleep, my fiance 
snores like a fucking freight train. And uh, they, because uh, the meds I have to take for my disability and for the painkillers I have to take for my legs, I can't take fucking sleeping pills, apparently. As the doctor told me. And there's a bunch of other stuff. It's because they don't want me to fucked up pretty much and uh i've had maybe about five hours sleep over the last four days it's fucking killing me but uh yeah i'm getting through it i'm tough <laughs> at least i try to be uh it sucks balls but uh it's given me time to get shit done pretty much that's what i a positive i can take from it i guess but, uh, yeah, lack of sleep is a bitch. It's a killer. Don't, uh, don't recommend it. <laughs> if you, uh, have a choice to sleep, sleep. But then again, like, I've heard of people that sleep, like, twice a week, if that, and it doesn't affect them at all. They hate sleeping. And to me, that's just, that's stupid. But, uh, all the power to you, I guess. Uh, Sleep is a wonderful thing, and I love sleep, and I wish I had more sleep, but I don't, and that's just the hand that was dealt, I guess. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm tired, and I'm rambling. Like I've said, if you follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the full metal lockdown, no, wait, sorry, fuck, now. Facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown. You would know that I said I'm going to talk a lot of shit about a lot of shit. And this is a lot of shit. Um, the, if you're wondering why it's not called facebook.com forward slash the full metal lockdown podcast. When uh, the show and the page are called the full metal lockdown podcast. It's because full metal lockdown used to be a concert. Uh, it was an all-ages show run in Orange. It was a very successful all-ages show run in Orange. Uh, it made a huge profit every year it ran. Uh, but it, uh, it, I tried to turn it into an over-18s gig and it fell through. And I didn't want to run it uh, not paying the bands equally or what they deserved. I shouldn't say equally. Because, like, some bands, the pay scales are different, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, Metallica's would be different to, like, mine, for example, if you know what I mean. But, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, that's why it's called Full Metal Lockdown, because it used to be the page for the metal gig. And, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, I've had a lack of sleep. It's a bitch. I fucking hate it. Who wants to, like, give me a bed for the night? And not in a dirty way. So right now we're going to talk about our album of the week. The Full Metal Lockdown Podcast Album of the Week. It's the first time I've done this on the show, and it's the, uh, hopefully going to be a recurring theme. Um... I should say album of the fortnight, really, because I'm going to do it every first year. If you uh, have been paying attention to my format, 
first show means the first part of an interview because I interview people over a two-week period. Uh, but the album of the week this week runs on our theme. Uh, the album of the week is Ictus by Red Bee. Uh, or Ictus Deluxe, whichever one you have or whichever one you are going to get. If you... Oh, fuck, it's an audio podcast. I'm an idiot. This goes back to what I was saying earlier. I've had no sleep. What I meant is I just winked. Like, yeah. We, there's a competition we are announcing after the interview airs. Uh, but um, the week is Ictus Red Bee or Ictus Deluxe by Red Bee. And, uh, yeah, pick it up if you don't have it. These guys are the modern-day monsters of the Australian metal scene. Uh, the one thing on the regular that I hear from bands is... Uh, I don't want to have to follow Red Bear. Or when uh, they're playing, I hear, uh, well, fuck, now we have to follow that. Yeah. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, the Sidonia tour featuring Helm and Red Bear. Helm, if you don't know who they are, they play the Brisbane Soundwave. They're a Brisbane-based band. And Red Bear, obviously, Katoomba based. They play the Sydney Soundwave. And Sidonia have supported bands like Korn and Slipknot and... Uh, they've done massive tours, and yeah, they're they're actually pretty awesome. I'm going to catch one of their shows uh, in Canberra, actually. But although this show has already happened, uh, Saturday the 3rd of May in Melbourne at the ESPY, uh, Saturday the 10th of May hasn't happened yet. That's in Adelaide at the Enigma Bar. But Helm are not appearing. Uh, Thursday the 15th of May. Uh, Canberra at the basement. That's the show I'm going to. So if you want to catch up. If you want to talk to me. I'm the guy with the frame. Or the wheelchair. Not sure which one I'm going with yet. Probably the frame. The wheelchair hurts my back. Um... Friday the 16th, they go from Canberra to Wollongong at Waves uh, for Rock for Z Festival. Uh, Rock for Z Festival, I should say. We're fucking Australian. It's Z, not Z. Z. World War Z. Fuck you, Brad Pitt. Anyway, uh, Saturday the 17th, they're in Sydney at the Boldface Stag. Friday the 23rd, they're in Brisbane at the Crowbar. Uh, Saturday the 24th of May, they're on the Gold Coast at the Kulungata Hotel. Uh, the Sunday the 25th of May, they're in Byron Bay at the Great Northern Hotel. Uh, Friday the 6th of June, they're in Bendigo at the Music Man Megastore. But... For the rest of the date, including uh, the 6th of June, for the rest of the dates, Red Bee and Helm will not be appearing with Sidonia. Sidonia will be finishing the tour alone. Uh, 
Saturday the 7th of June at the Renmark at the Renmark Hotel. Friday the 4th of July at Perth at the Amplifier Bar. And Saturday the 5th of July at Bunbury at the Elliott Street Bar. Now it's time for a subject that I, I like to, I like it and I haven't received any complaints about it. But so I'm gonna do it. But it's uh celebrity RIPs I give a fuck about. Yep, I'm doing it again. Because uh this week I don't know if you know him, but a guy named Ian Ross died. Uh he was seventy three years old, he died of prostate cancer. <laughs> Ian Ross is the uh news anchor. They they showed his uh funeral on Prime today. But, uh, yeah, I've known, seen this guy on my TV for years. He had a 50-year career, and I didn't realize he was so old. But, uh, yeah, uh, he was awesome, man. He wasn't a metalhead. He wasn't, like, yeah, he wasn't a metalhead. But, yeah, I'm going to miss him on my TV screen. I actually watched his retirement, and, yeah, it's brutal to hear that he died. Yeah. I didn't like it, and uh, I know this isn't a death that happened this week, but it is a uh, a anniversary, if you will, a one year anniversary of the metal god Jeff Hanneman from Slayer. Uh, this week, the horns go to you, mate. All the respect in the world for you. Uh, he died in possibly the most metal way. Uh, excuse my pronunciation, but it was necroemphagitis, emphagitis, I, uh, some, uh, ate his skin away, pretty much, and his flesh, and a bunch of other stuff included in the way that he died, but, uh, yeah, you'll be missed, Jeff, your music was awesome to a lot of different people, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm for one going to miss him. Uh, I never met the man, but uh, I liked his music. That's why I'm going to miss him. But, uh, yeah, so that Celebrity R.I.P. There are only two this week again, but that Celebrity R.I.P. is that I give a fuck about. And we're sitting down today with uh, Dan Silk of Red Bay from Katoomba. Uh, how are you going, Dan? Great, thanks, how are you? Well, I'm good, thanks, mate. Great, that's great. Uh, you're hot off uh, the Soundwave Festival. You just played Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, how was yeah. that? Oh, man, it was amazing. It was like, uh, you know, I mean, um, it was, it was, you know, it was like a dream in a way, I suppose. It was, um, and it, you know, it's been one of my dreams to play that festival for, for you know, ever since it started. And, um, Look, it was just amazing to play alongside such, you know, some of, you know, who I think are my influences and, um, you know, you know, play alongside them and also get to meet them and, um, and really by the, the, the complete rush of playing in front of that many people is just, um, you know, I could do it every day. I could do it every minute for the rest <laughs> of my life. I saw some of the yeah, photos. Oh, that's awesome, man. No, it was an amazing, 
amazing experience, and we've had more more sort of you know. I mean, we released Ictus like uh, in um, October 2012, and um, you know, it's, it, we've really um, had a great sort of um, you know we've. We've sort of been moving along really well, and um, to add, we released the deluxe and deluxe. We've had more offers and more sort of good things come of that that one show, and just you know, overall fan base, you know, doubled, you know, over one day. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, roughly how many people do you think you played to on that day? Because judging by the picture, to me, it looked like over five thousand, but like, was it more? Yeah, about, yeah, about five. Jesus, that's huge. Yeah, it was really big, man. And it was just, I mean, it was just like, you know what I mean? Um, basically, you know, you spring road around the back and you sort of pull up to the back of the stages. And I remember, like, when we were playing, and it was just this sea of people. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, don't usually get nervous. I don't usually get Dan, sorry, you, you're cutting out. Is that any better? Yeah, now I'm in the mountains, so it's a bit dodgy up here at the best of times. So. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, when we, hit the, when we hit the stage, it was all forgotten about, and it was just an amazing show, and, um, and AJ, the promoter, actually even uh, tweeted about us and stuff, which was really great, so he watched our set and really enjoyed it, and it was just, yeah, it was fantastic. Fantastic opportunity, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to do it again. So he did watch your set. Well, yeah, he did, man. And then he tweeted about us afterwards. Like, oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, it was really good, man. And you know, cause, you know, I mean, being in a band that works really hard, and you know, we're we're on the road for you know 12, 12 months of the year, sort of thing. And uh, um, just to have that at the end of it was just you know phenomenal. And uh, hopefully, you know, good things come of it. So, how did you get selected to play Soundwave? Oh, listen, man, it was pretty, um, it was pretty crazy. Like, we found out, I don't, you know the band Newstead, they pulled out. And yeah. And all of a sudden, they, um, they, it was, it was actually sort of a little bit of, um, a little bit of hard work from just, you know, constantly playing and people hearing about us. And also then, we were just in the right place at the right time. And, um, our management got in contact with them and they accepted they accepted our offer. We just sort of said, you know, look, is there any chance to get on the bill? Just so randomly. And we found out about, like, it was 9 o'clock the night before. So it was, like, absolutely crazy. Yeah, it was just a, the whole thing was an amazing experience. It still seems like a bit of a dream, actually, to be honest with Like, <laughs> yeah, but really cool, really cool. So, did your tour with Flyleaf uh, last year, did that have any influence on you getting the festival spot? I um I don't um look I think I think what well, we're now we're sort of like you know we're we're I mean yeah we're sort of playing those bigger shows now and I'm sure that does have a lot to do with it which is really great and you sort of you're playing to more people and sort of um so I'd say it did have a little bit to do with it but um you know that was our first international support that was fantastic um, that was another great night um there was probably about couple of thousand there as well and yeah. um you know we fingers crossed we've got we're waiting to hear back and I won't, I won't mention a band but it looks like we've got another um another one on the horizon as well and i, I mean, saw that announced. Sort of, 
Yeah, man, if you can land those sorts of shows, um, you know, you're just playing to such a huge amount of people. Um, it's just, yeah. you know, it's, it's really the way to go. So let alone, like, bands that, you know, I mean, it would have been great to do the rest of the sound wave. I mean, you're playing to thousands of people, and it's just, um, yeah, it's just the best thing in the world, man. Because they, uh, for the rest of the tour, they got all local spots, didn't they? Like King Parrot in Melbourne, True Corroded in Adelaide. Yep. Yeah. Was that all to yep. fill in for Newstead? Yeah. Um, well, as far as I know, like, there was actually quite a few pull out towards the end. Uh, Newstead, um, Megadeth. Megadeth pulled out as yeah. well. And, yeah, so there was, a few, there was a few, so there was a couple of gaps opening up. And hardcore and, you know, superstar. And, you know, the band you just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, were, I mean, those bands you just mentioned, those Aussie bands there, I mean, I mean, they're just, you know, they're just awesome, like, you yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, it's all, you know, it's really great that AJ is doing this, putting, you know, local bands on, um, and, you know, we're recognising that um, the Australian scene, there's such talent out there, there really is. Like, there really you know, is. Yeah, and it's amazing, I mean, you know, I, I love going out to shows and, you know, I love watching the bands that we play with and, um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's amazing and we've got, you know, so much to be proud for and it's, you know, it's only going to get bigger and better from here. Yeah. So, uh, tell me a bit about your history, like, especially in regards to metal. Like, uh, when did you learn to sing or learn how to play guitar? Or did you learn how to sing or did it just come naturally? Um, yeah, that's a good question. When I was, like, yeah, um, when I was sort of, uh, I, ever since I was, like, you know, probably around about four, I think it was, I, um, when I was about four, I, um, discovered Kiss when I was really, really young, and, um, it was sort of just from then on, like, I just, all I wanted to do was music, it sort of, like, engulfed my life, but as far as metal goes, um, uh, you know, I was around about, I don't know, I was pretty young, and I, um, my cousin um, brought uh, Megadeth Rust in Peace that had just come out. Um, that shows you how old I am. And, um, you know, that album sort of just changed, uh, you know, it changed my life. Like, you know what I mean? It was just like, you know, it was so, so good. And I started getting into, to, you know, meddling guitar and all that stuff. But, like, you know, I mean, when I say that, I mean, I, that was when I was younger. I, I'm not so much... I mean, I love metal, but I, I've sort of always been into just everything, like, you know what I mean? Everything from, um, I'm a huge jazz and classical fan as well, so I sort of keep my, uh, yeah, anything anything that's actually good, and, you know, I love Bjork, and I love, you know, I love rock, just playing rock music, and just anything that's uh, that's decent, I love, so, um, but yeah, I started playing guitar in about year six, and, um, you know, I, I'm not the sort of guy that, you know, uh, a lot of people are very natural at the instrument, I'm not necessarily a, a very big natural of the instrument so I really just have to work hard and I've worked really hard like um you know put the hours in and um you know done the woodshed and just uh and singing yeah singing I, I've always loved singing but I'm the same with singing I'm not a very naturally good singer but I just I work pretty hard at it to make sure I um sound half decent <laughs> <laughs> well it doesn't come through in your live shows that you're not uh, as you put it, as you, that you're not natural at it. Like you're one of the best <laughs> live bands I've ever seen. Like Red oh, Bear. Thanks, man. The first time thanks, I saw man. you guys was at the Freshly Plucked Festival in 2007, just oh, after Dunny joined the band. Yeah, man. Was, well, like you know, when he joined the band, basically, you know, the new band. It was a new band. Um, it was. Um, 
you know, we, we started fresh, basically. I mean, we kept, we kept the same name, but it was a new band. We went for a new style of music and um, everything were being um, evolving. And, um, you know, he was the final piece of the puzzle that just needed to be there. And now we're, uh, yeah, thick as thieves, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, we're working, we're working on new stuff now. Um, it's going to, I think, will really uh, blow some people's minds. So are you working on a new album? Yeah, he's an amazing... Yeah, yeah, we are yeah. Uh, at the moment. Um, we've got we we sort of had a bit about two to three months of uh, just creative time, um, which has been fantastic because we're pretty much when we released um, Ictus in two thousand October two thousand twelve, we've pretty much been on the road since then. So to have uh, you know when I say on the road, I mean like on a road in Australia. Um, you know, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sort of thing. Um, but um. Yeah, so it was good to good to have some downtime, and you know, I had a lot of stuff sort of built up, and we're, uh, you know, with the sort of music that we play, and now, especially the music that we're writing, it's it's time consuming to, to write. I mean, you can spend like you know three hours on a two second part, like you know what I mean. And uh, but um, that's that's yeah, that's it. That's the idea is to um, we go out on tour with Sedonia in. Um, three weeks and we'll tour for a month with them then we'll come back off do some more and we're hopefully hopefully looking at going into the studio by the end of this year and then have something out for next year so what's your writing process for the album like do all three of you sit down together or do you write individual parts and bring them to the meetings or uh, how do you get around um, that's a really good question as well man um basically um the way we do it is if you can think of any possible way that you could write music, we do it that way. So <laughs> it's everything from, you know, sitting at home by ourselves and then we'll bring something in to being in the jam room and nutting it out to, you know, whatever it might be. Um, we, I mean, we have have lately been sort of getting in the room together and writing a lot together, but someone will usually bring something in and then we'll sort of mould it together as we go along. There's a lot of trial and error, like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of like, you know, working on stuff and then realizing, you know, we're being extra hard on ourselves. Like at the moment, we just want it. We want this next album to be like something really special. So we're really being hard on ourselves in the fact that we're sort of, if something isn't good enough, you know, you got to sort of step up and say it. Yeah. And, um, Hey, so a lot of the stuff, you know, we will work on stuff for a while just to not play it. Like, you know what I mean? But you have to go through that and, um, yeah, I mean, any sort of way you can think of writing, seriously, we do it. Um, but yeah, we're open to anything as well, and it can be writing on other instruments. It could be, you know, writing in the shower. It could, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anything you can do. <laughs> but mate, I mean, mainly a lot of the sort of structural stuff sort of happens in the band room together because you sort of know how it's sort of going, like by the by the vibe and the feel and. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love songwriting. I just, it's, you know, I live for it, hey. And um, some of the new stuff's very hard to write vocals over because of, um, uh, just because of the odd-time nature of everything. And um, we've sort of really gone down that track. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it can be really time-consuming for us, but um, it's well worth it in the end. So... You uh, do you use mathematics in your uh, songwriting at all? Like, uh, what's it called? Uh, math core, I think it's called. Like Dillinger Escape. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, well, we're heavy, we're inf- we love those guys. Like, we love Meshuggah, we love Dillinger, um, we love, you know, any of that sort of, you know, Tools, another one. And, um, you know, ever since I was young, um, I've always been really, really um, drawn to that style of music. I don't know why, I've just always loved something that wasn't straight. Like, I've always loved something that sort of... Um, Oh, it's something that's really odd, but yet, it, it, you know, it's still got continuity in there. Right. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, we do, definitely. And um, I suppose, um, you know, there's all different ways of coming up with that. But then my mind just lends to that way of writing. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's very rare that it, these days that I'll come up with a riff that is just straight. Like, you know what I mean? It, it just doesn't feel right to me so it's like <laughs> there's always something going on it does it just has got a fair amount of straight stuff it's highly syncopated but it's got a fair amount of sort of straight but the newer stuff is very um yeah very uh i suppose math driven but still still you know sometimes i suppose you wouldn't know that it was do you know what i mean it's, yeah that's um it's it's got continuity and it flows um but yeah, we you know we all love that style of music. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, me and Danny especially, we really love that sort of um, heavily uh, odd timed style of music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to your past, back to your history. Uh, who got yeah. into music first, you or your brother? And was there like a competition between the two of you when you were growing up <laughs> to see who was better? No, man. No, nah, not really. Um, not really at all. We just shared a love of it, I think. And um, I think uh, I, I did because I'm quite a bit older than he is. Um, so I sort of started playing, you know, music from a really young age. And um, he sort of hit his teenage years and was always, you know, sort of lingering around my room, you know what I mean? Being, you know, oh, I've got this album, I've got this album. And uh, it just seemed like the natural thing to do. And I had a bass lying around the house and, uh, you know, I just said, here you go, play this and, you know, it's gone from there sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing having your brother in your band. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's very, um, we're all very close, you know what I mean? And, um, but as far as competition, I mean, I, I suppose there's always a little bit of competition going on within the band, but not really. Like, you know what I mean? We all try and outdo each other all the time to impress each other. <laughs> That's basically. That's sort of it, but yeah, no, no sort of, no sort of competitions, but um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, in Australia, like, I, I don't believe you guys have toured overseas. I don't no, know. No. Are there any plans to go overseas? Like, do you want to, or do you want to be one of those bands that conquers Australia? Like, Frankenbach, for example, conquers Australia and just stays here and yeah. becomes the king of the Australian scene? Or do you want to do what King Parrot did, conquer Australia, then go overseas and conquer everything else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, AO one's good, man, because we love Australia, and, you know, uh, I love, I love, you know, going rural and getting, you know, like in Orange and all that sort of places and getting to those places, but yeah, I'd love to go overseas, man, because, you know, the more people that hear your music, the better. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's the idea, man, that's definitely the idea is to, uh, to try and, um, to get overseas at some point, especially, um, uh, you know, Japan and Europe and stuff like that would be amazing. Because your side of music is bigger over in Asia, isn't it? Like, I'm pretty sure, man. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I'd like to think it is. <laughs> uh, I've heard a few Japanese metal bands come out, and most of them are your style of music, that very technical. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, no, we'd love to get over there, man. I'd love to yeah, get absolutely anywhere, man. It'd be so, uh, it's so much fun. I mean, it's, and it's, I mean, it's also fun just traveling interstate, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. Playing down in Melbourne and Adelaide. Adelaide's fantastic. Um, so is Queensland, really, you know, and New South Wales, like we live in New South Wales. That's amazing as well. So we're really lucky, like, you know, we're really lucky. But yeah, definitely one day and get over to the States as well would be fantastic. So, have you noticed a difference between uh, crowds state to state? Like, I asked this question to Dave Haley of Psychroptic, and uh, he said it's, you do notice a difference slightly, but it's bigger a difference going overseas, obviously. But uh, do you notice a difference crowd to crowd? Because you play, I wouldn't say uh, smaller, but you play some more niche venues than Psychroptic would. Yeah, yeah. Do you um, notice it? Look, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, not really. I mean, it just, you know, sometimes, um, you know, sometimes it's hard, you know, the crowd's tougher than other times, but usually the majority of the time people are going pretty crazy. So um, we're, we've been really lucky, you know, whichever state we go to, we're really well accepted, you know what I mean? And, you know, if, if we've gone to some place for the first time, people will probably be a little bit standoffish, but that's, you know, it's just us to have, you know, we just have to break through and get through to them, like, you know what I mean? That's, I just see it as a challenge, and, um, but as far as that, no, man, it's, it's every, you know, we love Australia, and, you know, we're, all, we're very much about Australia, that's why we, you know, really, with my vocals and things I chose to keep the, you know, real Aussie accent in there, I think it needs to be sort of, you know, capital. Yeah, capitalised on, and um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah. So you know, we're very lucky in this country. You know, yeah. it's a beautiful country. It's a great place to tour as well. Like I've talked to a couple of overseas artists, and they talk about how you tour in America, and it's, hard, it's like three month tour, but you're playing every single night. Whereas yeah, you come no, to I mean, Australia, it's a two week tour, but you're only playing three days out of that week. Yeah. That's it, eh? It's crazy. Um, I think the Dead Boys, yeah, they did a, um, they did like an American tour and it was like that. I mean, that's a, that, that, that's, you know, ultimately, I mean, that, I, I think that's the way to do it because the, the thing is, is that, is that I find when you tour, you just, you're so, especially after playing, you know, for a couple of weeks, you're really, you're really honed in. Your skills are like, you know, at the, you know, you, you, you know, you're like a finely tuned athlete and, um, you know, I love that. I love that feeling of, you know, on stage every night and you feel like, you know, um, you, could, you actually feel like you could play anything, like, you know what I mean? You just feel sort of a bit invincible. We did a Australian tour um, that was um, uh, back in, uh, I, think it was, I think it was 2012, we did one that was 21 dates in Australia in a row. And that was really cool, and um, you know we got out some real rural sort of areas, and um, I'd like to do something like that again. Like you know, what I mean, those real those parts, you know, I mean, places like uh, you know Mildura and um, you know Coonabarabran and all these sorts of places that are just are dying for it. You know, we played out in Coonabarabran at the first metal show out there, and it just was it was an absolute. It was such a good show, man. The place went crazy, and like people were falling on the stage, and just it was got really, it got really rowdy actually. And um, you know, I I just live for that stuff. It was just it was amazing, and you know, 
we left in the morning and people are just thanking us, you know, thank you for coming out here, you know, and it's only six hours drive away, like, you know, and it's really, I'd love to do a, get, you know, do a rural tour that's like really gets into the heart of Australia. So like, uh, kind of like what ACDC did back in the day, their uh, pub tour. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah man, exactly right. Because yeah. a lot of people we don't realise that ACDC play, has played in Orange twice. Yeah, man, it's so cool. And, you know, you know, those guys, are the, you know, they're the shit, man. They're the best, like, you know what I mean? And that's, I, I sort of, I, I look up to those sorts of guys because it's like in Australia, you really have to be a hard-working touring band. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we've been playing together for seven years touring and, um, you know, I, I'm start, we're starting to reap the benefits of it now, but it's, you know, it, you know, it takes a while and you've just got, you've got to do the groundwork, especially in the type of music we play, you're like, you know yeah. what I mean? You've just got to get out there and whether you play to, you know, you play to nobody, like, you know, it doesn't matter, you just got to get out there and play and play, you know, there could be one person in the room, there could be 1,000, like, you know what I mean? It's just, it doesn't matter, just get out there and do it, like, you know, and, uh, and you tune your skills and just, yeah, yeah it's the best. <laughs> Where is your uh, favourite venue to play with Red B? Like, is it somewhere like Coonabarabran or is it at home in Katoomba? Is it, like, in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane? Like, do you have um, a favourite venue or are you yet to go to one? Are they yeah. all just awesome? Yeah, man, pretty much. Especially the venues we're playing lately. I mean, they're, they're really great. Like, I... I love them all, you know, you just, as long as you have a good, a good PA and a good guy behind the, you know, the sound desk, um, that knows your stuff and, uh, you know, I, I, we all go anywhere and we do love going anywhere. Um, yeah, so it's a bit of a hard one. I mean, I, we obviously have our favourites and, and, you know, just because, uh, we've had special times there. Um, I mean, playing at the Metro with Flyleaf, that was, that was pretty amazing on that big stage and playing at Soundwave on the stage four that was amazing um but really as far as venues go um you know there's so many in sydney ball face stag is killer killer venue um uh you know down you know the um the enigma bar in adelaide the crow bar in brisbane is amazing um the tote and the SB in melbourne i love i love going to melbourne um yeah all those places they're just amazing because they're like you know they're you know, they're supporting us and, you know, really helping us out with uh, sort of amazing venues that are sort of on more on the underground side still, but they're still, they're good enough to be up the big boys. So, yeah, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> my favourite question, and I kind of ask this every single interview, uh, what music did your parents listen to and did it have an influence on you or Red Bean style? <laughs> Not at all, man, no. Uh, <laughs> my parents aren't very hip when it comes to music. Uh, well, I won't even tell you who that is. It's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> no, that, I mean, I, um, not really, I mean, the, not at all, actually, but um, I grew up in a pub, so um, I, li I used to listen to a lot of jukebox, hey, you know, yeah. listening to like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. That just sort of, you know, subconsciously got inside me and, um, you know, but it wasn't, yeah, it was more sort of, you know, friends and I really discovered music because, you know, I don't necessarily come from a very musical background, um, but, um, yeah, when I got into it, I just, uh, it was like, yeah, full steam ahead, man, I just like, um, I wanted to learn everything, so it was sort of a self, you know, me discovering it all myself, really, I, 
I'd sort of, um, you know, I'd get my weekly pocket money and go and buy a new tape every um, <laughs> every week, and um, it would just, yeah, just went from there, and uh, bought a guitar, and you know, and uh, so I really had to discover it for myself, which was, you know, um, a really cool way of doing it. Um, and you know, I know I have a lot of friends that parents are very musical, and they, uh, and you know, it comes very natural to them, and they're amazing. And um, but it just wasn't like that for me. It was like it very much I discovered it myself. That's actually a very cool way of doing it because, like, a lot of metalheads I talk to are like, oh, yeah, my dad listened to Metallica in the 80s and that's how I got into yeah. metal. But, like, to discover it yourself is, like, a unique thing. It's it's yeah. very awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, I, I mean, I've got, I've got um, three kids now. My kids, like, my um, my middle boy, for example, he's, like, you know, he's, a, he's, already, he's only five and he's already, like... You know, he's got guitars, he's got drums, and so so he's going to go down that route. But he's already playing, like you know what I mean. And he's an amazing little 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 player already, you know. And he's I haven't shown him anything; just stuff he's picked up. So I think either way is really cool, you know. And um, you know, just whatever way, as long as you as long as you're playing music and loving it, that's to me that's that's all that matters. Just the love of music, like you know. Yeah. 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 I end every single interview on this question. Uh, it's a multiple choice, and you get to pick one. It's yeah, uh, cool. A, ask me a question. B, B, ask a really strange or weird question by me. Or B, or C, sorry. Give me the quote of the week for next week's show. <laughs> I'll go with B, asking a strange question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh... Oh, I've got to think of one. Really strange question. Um, uh, backstage at Soundwave, you play before Guar. Did yes. you? Did you get molested by Odious? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we got to meet them, man, and they were awesome. Oh, they were awesome. It was, uh, it was so cool to, to see those guys, you know, un- unloading all their gear, so much gear, man, like to, to unload onto the back of the stage. And, um, yeah, that was amazing. Just, I mean, you know, being just next to them and watching them getting dressed, and it's like, dude, that's so cool. I've watched them for so long. I got to meet, we got, yeah, I mean, not only them, we got to meet so many people at Soundway, so many people that I, you know, I look up to, and, um, you know, as a young kid growing up, I used to love, um, especially when I was going through a Royal Metalhead stage, I used to love uh, Alex Skolnick from Testament, he's a guitar player, Yeah. and um, I got to meet him, and I actually, I thought, oh, you know, I'm not going to get another chance, so I sort of, he was, he was obviously warming up, and I was warming up, so I went, went up and talked to him, and, um, you know, I think I freaked him out a bit. I was like, man, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and that was sort of the theme for the day. We were so just happy to be there and meeting people that, like, um, you know, we got to meet Gorgira and I think we definitely freaked those guys out. At least Dunny did at least because Dunny's in love with uh, Mario, the drummer, just loves his drumming. And, of course, you know, we got to meet them and, uh, yeah, it was just like, we're like little kids, man, like, you know. <laughs> I awesome. I actually awesome. saw that Dunny gave a uh, copy of Victus to Gojira. Yeah, man. Yeah, we gave one in to Mastodon and a couple other bands as well. So um, that would have been awesome. Um, hope yeah, hopefully good things come of it, mate. <laughs>
Yeah. Wow, was it yeah. surreal meeting Odious and then a week after Soundwave finding out that he uh, passed away? I didn't actually meet him. I met... Um, actually, it's all a bit of a haze now. I met two of them. Um, but it is very surreal, man. And, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's always sad to hear, like when Jeff Hammond died, like it's just yeah. sad to hear anyone, you know, passing away at such an early age. I mean, what well, he was only... Um, 50 or 60, wasn't he? Like, um, uh, um, just too young. Like, yeah, he was in his 50s, I believe. Yeah, man, just, he's just too young to die, man. Just not in his day and age, and, uh, you know, it's always sad to hear anyone pass away, but, you know, what, what a legacy he's left behind. I mean, they're just, they're just, you know... Yeah. Um, they're just... A- they were just amazing on the day, hey. They were just, yeah. they're just an ama- amazing performance. And they cut Tony Abbott's hat off. <laughs> that was so good, hey. <laughs> it, was so, it was just hilarious. It was awesome, mate. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the whole thing was, yeah, it was just, you know, and uh, uh, Danny got to meet Dillinger as well, which we sort of, we've met before and stuff, and, you know, people like that. And they're just, you know... You find out that they're all just people like us, like, you know what I mean? Like, put them on these pedestals and, like, you know, they deserve to be because they're such amazing musicians. But really, in the end, they're just like us. We're all, we're all trying, you know, to, uh, to do music and, um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, man. Alrighty. Well, uh, that's been, uh, Dan Silk from Red Bee for this week. Uh, next week, we'll have him back on the show. And we'll continue the interview a bit further. Uh, Good talking to you, Dan. Yeah, thanks, man. Great questions. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, my brother. No, you're all right. You're all right. And listen, um, we want to do something. We're a person to maybe, uh, uh, you know, tell you in an email what what town we're from. You can receive a free... um, USB uh, Ictus Deluxe Edition. Oh, I might answer that myself because I haven't got the Deluxe yet. <laughs> All right. <go laughs> but a little hint of that, I did mention it earlier in the interview and it starts with a K. Uh, so it was good catching up with you, Dan. And uh, we'll talk good next week. with you, bro. I'll look forward to it. See you, buddy. All righty. See you, mate. See you, mate. So there you have it, week one of the interview with Dan Silk of Red Bee. Uh, in case you didn't catch it, the last bit of that interview, the competition uh, for an Ictus Deluxe USB, uh, the Red Bee album Ictus Deluxe, that is. Email me at fullmetallockdown at gmail.com with the subject, Red Bee Competition, and tell me where Red Bee are from. Like I said, a little clue, I said it at the start of the interview. Uh, the first in best dress is only one to give away. First in best dress, like I said. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully we have a few people entering that, which is an indication of how many people listen to this show. And I would like to say that, uh, Dan, if you're listening to this, and I hope you do, uh, you so far you've been one of my favourites to interview because I had so much fun. Uh, there were a couple of side conversations at the start and end of those interviews uh, just between Dan and I, and, uh, yeah, it was good talking to him, good catching up with him. But, uh, yeah, I'll see you, Dan, personally. I'll see you, Dunny, and your brother, Jim. I'll see you in Canberra.
but yeah, once again, email me at fullmetallockdown at gmail.com. Subject, rugby competition. Right now, I want to talk about some uh, TV shows that I like, that I'm into at the moment, and I have been into until they ended. Uh, one is Breaking Bad. Uh, Breaking Bad ended, was it last year? Yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, last year. Uh, it ended in its fifth season, I believe. Uh, season five was two parts. That right there pissed me off. The Walking Dead pissed me off as well because they always do their seasons in two halves. I fucking hate that. Stop it. You're being dickheads. Just run the whole thing, you wanker. Anyway, uh, yeah, Breaking Bad ended. If you haven't seen it, too bad. Spoiler alert. Fast forward through this bit if you don't want to hear it. It ended over a year ago. If you haven't seen the ending, you're... It, too bad, it ended over a year ago, but spoiler, fast forward through this if you don't want to hear me talk about it, the ending was, made me happy, the ending made me happy when Heisenberg was killed at the end and Jesse got away, it made me happy because it was a definitive end, and Heisenberg, aka Mr. White, was a bad man, he deserved to die. How many people did he, like, melt in acid? How many people did he kill? How many people did he... He wrecked their lives. He he fucking deserved it. Anyway, uh, another show that ended last year is Dexter. Now, Dexter, I love. I've got season 1, 2, 3, 4, 5... And 6 and 7 on DVD. I don't have the final season on DVD. Because the ending pissed me off. Once again, spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear it, rewind. Uh, fast forward through this little section. Uh, but once again, it ended over a year ago. If you haven't seen it yet and you're a fan, too bad. People are talking about it. People don't have to stop talking about it because you are too fucking lazy to watch a show. It's the laziest thing on earth. You hit your remote, it appears, you sit on your fat ass and you fucking watch it. Sorry, I'm in a bad mood at the moment. Uh, yeah, Dexter, the ending shitted me off. He, for somehow, he walked out of a hospital with Deborah. Somehow, and Deborah died all of a sudden. For no fucking reason at all. And all of a sudden, he's walking out of the hospital with her. No one, no one fucking notices. And he gets down to his boat. Because for some fucking reason, there is a marina at the entrance of the emergency room. Uh, shit, it might actually be that way. I've never been to Miami. But anyway, he goes, he gets her, goes down to his boat. Goes out to sea and dumps her in the ocean. What the fuck did Deborah do to deserve to be dumped with all the psychotic killers that he put out there? Anyway, he then, after he dumps her in the ocean, he then goes full bore into a cyclone. And the next scene cut to, it's his boat in pieces and everybody thinks he's died in the hurricane. Anyway, uh, 
uh, cut to towards the end, his psychotic girlfriend is with his son in, is it Ecuador or somewhere? I don't know. It's some South America. Really, really fucking random. Argentina, that's right. It's really, really fucking random place to go. Why not go to, like, Mexico or Canada? Somewhere that's not, like, fucking random as all hell. Anyway, uh... He left her with a chick that has killed almost more people than him. Yeah, because that's going to fucking end well. Anyway, uh, cut to after that. Dex is still alive and he's a logger somewhere in Canada. Because the, the slipstream that he dumps the bodies in carries the people up north to Alaska or Canada. And somehow he survived those cold-ass fucking waters for that long and got through a hurricane and survived it for that long to get up there. What the fuck? It was stupid. I fucking hated that ending. I loved the show, but out of principle, I won't get season 8 because that was a fucking stupid ending. Sorry, I had to bend over. That was a fucking stupid ending and I will not get season 8. You're a prick. Anyway, moving on. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Kurt Sutter, you are a fucking genius. If you don't know who Kurt Sutter is, he did The Shield. Uh, he does a show now called Sons of Anarchy. It's in its seventh season next year. Oh, or this year. Later this year. Uh, if you haven't seen, it always ends in a way that leaves you going, you motherfucker, how did, why, what, oh my god, the people are still talking about it to this day, I remember season four, it had full grown metalheads in tears, because what happened when Opie died, but uh, once again, if you haven't seen season six, Fast forward through this because I'm going to talk about it. Anyway, in the final episode, because the whole point in season six was to get uh, Jax's wife. I can't remember her name at the moment. But to get her to not snitch on the club. Anyway, uh, what happened was she ended up getting killed by Jax's mother in the final episode. And then uh, Juice came in and killed the sheriff who was about to arrest uh, Jax's mum, Gemma. And then Jack came in to find his wife, who had the back of her head stabbed with a carving fork. You know the big forks that you use in a roast? Like a ch roast chicken? The giant big kitchen forks? Yeah, she like stabbed her in the back of the head about six times with one of them. Brutal. Anyway, uh, so the way that went down was just fucking brutal. Anyway, Jax came in to find his wife just fucking mutilated and then drowned in a, a sink of dirty dishwater. Fuck me, you're, you're a genius, but a very, very psychotic man, Mr. Sutter. Uh, but I, I love your work, that being said. Anyway, uh, so now all the cops think Jax murdered his wife and the sheriff. 
because Jax was taking the fall and he was going to go to prison for a lot of shit. Anyway, uh, another one, Game of Thrones. I fucking hate that show. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people love it. I know I, I know I see why a lot of people love it. I just it's not my thing. I don't really want to comment on it because I haven't watched every season. I've only watched season one. A lot of people are like, Oh, if you watch more than season one you'll get into it. I I just don't like the whole medieval magic thing. It's not my scene. It's not my liking. So yeah, I'm not gonna go too much into that. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead, how fucking, uh, suspenseful is the last part of The Walking Dead, and, uh, what the fuck's going on, like, uh, is, uh, the township a cannibal township, I think it is, I think it might be cannibal, but it also might be like Hunger Games thing, if you want to get in, you have to be the one to survive, they have like two shipping containers, one on each side, and they push you out there. And if you get back, you're in, kind of thing. That'd be cool if they did that. But uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that one as well. Uh, the TV show, TV quality over the last five years has picked up like tenfold, in my view. Uh, and yeah, that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> Right now, I'm actually going to talk about uh, my one of my favorite film series of all time. That's right. I'm going to talk about uh, the Rocky film series. If you don't know Rocky, Rocky is uh, Sylvester Stallone's film series. One of his first. I think it was his first. Uh, he won an Oscar for the first one. And then because of that, he just kept going. There are six Rocky films. And the first two are cool. They're linked. Apollo Creed is the opponent for the first two. And then number three, Mr. T comes in, although he's not called B.A. Baracus. He's called, uh, shit, I can't remember what he's called, but that was the one with Eye of the Tiger is the thriller of the fight. I can't sing worth a damn, but, uh, yeah, that song... A lot of people think that's the theme song to every Rocky film. No, it was only number three. But uh, number four, it was the uh, Ivan Drakov. I must break you. That one uh, with uh, Dolph Lundgren. It was the USA versus USSR uh, film. And yeah, that, that one was alright. I didn't like it very much. And then there was Rocky Five. The one where Rocky didn't actually fight for the belt. He trained a guy. It was a takeoff of what Mike Tyson did. Uh, Mike Tyson trained with a guy, then went over to Don King and then gave Don King all his money. This was a takeoff of that, pretty much. And uh, it was shit. It was one of the worst films ever made. I love the Rocky series. I have their heavyweight collection uh, sitting right next to me right now. I have... Uh, deluxe editions of the movies and then there's Rocky Rocky Balboa which is Rocky 6 uh, that was set 20, 20 years after the last one because uh, 
After number four, he was no longer allowed to fight because Ivan Drakov uh, broke him. He gave him brain damage, and uh, that was the whole premise of the thing. And 25 years later, miraculously, the brain damage cured, and he fought again. And he fought the current world heavyweight champion and went 10 rounds with the world champ. Yeah, I call bullshit. Anyway, uh, yeah, the Rocky series is awesome. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, I suggest checking them out. Uh, I've, uh, my fiancée, she's, uh, not a movie buff like me, and I made her sit down and <laughs> watch all six in a row with me one day, uh, one weekend, uh, she didn't appreciate that very much, but, uh, yeah, if you get anything from this podcast, uh, three things, donate to Starlight, check out Red B, and check out Rocky. Right now, I want to talk about uh, the last thing I want to talk about in this podcast. Then I'm going to go to bed because right now it's 12.09 in the a.m. on the Tuesday that I'm supposed to release this son of a bitch. Uh, It's nine minutes late. The podcast is nine minutes late, nine minutes overdue. So I don't give a shit at the moment. Uh, and by the time it gets released, it's going to be about a half hour overdue. But, uh, yeah, I want to talk about signed memorabilia, signed merch. Uh, looking in my, uh, display cabinet, I have Lamb of God Sacrament Deluxe Edition. Uh, signed by every member of Lamb of God. Where's the slipcover to that? There should be a cardboard slip cover to that album, but it's not in there. Uh, what else do I have? I have, um, I'm just looking at all the shit that I got. I have regular John, which isn't metal, but, uh, it's a vinyl signed by them. I have Jericho, which are a very cool prog band from Melbourne. I have their live album signed. I have the infamous Mammal who are now broken up at the Oral Underground Volume 1, uh, signed by the whole band. I have Jericho's EP and album, all, both their EPs and both their albums signed. I have a drum snare skin signed by every member of Carnival. I have a tom skin signed by every member of Dead Letter Circus, and I have a kick drum skin signed by every member of Soul Forge. Uh, what else do I have? I have posters signed by every member of Black Devil Yard Boss, another one signed by every member of Black Devil Yard Boss. I have a vinyl signed by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I have uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic signed by them. I gave that to my fiancé. Uh, and uh, something else I have, it's worth a few thousand dollars because it's the rarest uh, vinyl you can get of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But I have the Red Hot Chili Peppers version of the Abbey Road EP signed by two of the living members, two of the three living members. I've got to get Jack Irons to sign it. If I ever get to meet the man. I have a lot more signed merch. I just can't think of it at the moment. And it's not in front of me. So 
can't really see it, but I shoot me an email at fullmetallockdown at gmail.com and have the subject line say uh, merch and tell me what you've got and I'll announce it on next week's show. Drop your Twitter handle and I'll announce that as well. Or go to at Tom underscore Roberts 1989 as always on Twitter. Follow me, tweet me. Don't call it tweets, otherwise I'm going to ignore you. Uh, or go to facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown. Shoot us an inbox with uh, the merch that you have. And yeah, we'll... we'll We'll start talking, we'll start jamming vocally. But yeah, I'm tired. If you tune in next week, we're going to have uh, the second interview with Dan Silk. If you listen last week, we uh, I fucked up. I uh, deleted half the interview for next week. And I can't get it back because I uh, stupidly edited the original uh interview and uh then saved it and then closed the program went back to edit it about an hour later finished editing it and i uh, realized what i had done fuck anyway uh yeah so uh yeah i've got a fresh interview with dan this week uh coming up and yeah so if you wanted me to ask him anything special Hit me up on the Facebook or the Twitter. Uh, and I've said them enough times. But uh, yeah, next week is part two of my interview with Dan. Or my second interview with Dan. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say about that. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about this shit. So uh, yeah, this has been Tom Roberts. This has been the Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. And I love you. Good night.